The following is a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Welcome to Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley, a weekly program featuring interesting topics and fascinating guests. Each week, Issues That Matter tackles the concerns of people across all spectrums. And now with this week's edition of Issues That Matter, here are your hosts, Edward King and Kristen Hurley. Yeah, thank you very much, Mark. You know, we are at the top of the hour number two. Now, I just want to add a little continuation from our first hour. So we're in our first hour, and I really hope that you got to listen to it. If you missed it, you can get it onto our website, uh, businesssenseradio.com or BCR Radio. That's got two R's in it, uh, .com, and uh, catch our first hour. Now, our guest in our first hour is Linda Ping. She's president as well as co-founder of the Election Integrity Project California. So specifically, it's about California, but they do have efforts and outreach in two other states. I think it's Nevada and Arizona, was it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, one of the things that she was uh, talking with us off the air after in between hour one and hour two was the um, fact that different political parties, like she was mentioning, the GOP in California has a you know, like a website or a phone number that you can contact them with your concerns about observations in the election integrity process. What was going on? What did you see that wasn't didn't work well? And what she pointed out to me, and this is the reason why I'm bringing it up, is the when they take this information to the courts, because we started talking about the Cary Lake issue, is that even though that they, they accumulated, documented, and captured. They didn't do it under perjury of uh, whatever it is. What's that signature and yeah, per- perjury? Under... You know, I, <laughs> both of us are tongue tied. I'm tongue tied on you that. Swear thing. in a court of law <laughs> yeah. on a Bible that that so, is the actual truth. So the point was that much of what's been accumulated in past elections, and there's plenty to to accumulate, uh, the courts and the judge. Judges just ignore it, throw it out, and say it's not in the you know proper format. It hasn't been signed under perjury of whatever penalty, of, penalty perjury. of perjury. That's mm-hmm. the word we were looking for. So I caution you that um, that y- y- you literally, unfortunately, in this this age of defending the left, we have to be educated in terms of how the proper way that we will get past these left appointed judges so one of the court uh, hearings that they had gotten that they actually won at the ninth circuit which you know there's three judges they're they're all far far left corrupted um and they still won so you know there's a tiny bit of hope the last question i asked her at the end was and you might not have heard it because of the outgoing music which was have we reached have we gone past the tipping point she said no firmly, and she said, well, not yet. And we're close. Uh, and we're close. That's exactly what her words were. And I'm I'm hoping that she's correct about that. Um, but, you know, one of the earlier points that we were talking about, Kristen was talking with her about, was so they found all of these 
things that were incorrect or kind of not following the law. So then all of a sudden the California Assembly and legislations went and changed the law so that they could continue doing this. Double down on on all that activity. Right, and that all came from the the recall election. Wasn't that what we were talking about? Specifically, yes, what I was talking about, but she had noted that in some of the literature she had sent me that they have noticed a pattern over the years. Again, EIP has been around for over a decade now that as they went and documented where... um, the, in the elections procedures, they found problems. They mm-hmm. said, this isn't right. And look, this is allowing, this is a leeway or allowing, um, you know, put potential fraud, that kind of a thing. Yeah. She said it is uncanny the way that the next year and the next year, the California laws would change to further double down and exploit those weaknesses that she and her teams had been pointing out. And and just to clarify, Edward, I want everyone to know that, yes, here in California, anyone can walk in and be an election observer, whether you go to the polls that are still the couple of three polls that they allow you to vote in person Mm -hmm. during elections, or you can go to the county ballot processing centers, which are processing the ballots now for a total of probably close to two months um, around elections. Anyone can walk in and say, I would like to observe. Now, the difference is, and, and Edward mentioned the GOP may send in some people or have some volunteers going in or other, you know, other parties or other organizations may send in people that want to go and Observers. watch. Mm-hmm. But the difference with EIP is that your volunteers, the volunteers are trained ahead of time in the law. And I have done this. I have observed for two different elections. You get very detailed training to know what to look for, what is the law, what is not the law. And you walk in there, you have a booklet of, well, if this happens, then what? Who do I call? What do I say? What can and can't I do? And their reports that she was speaking of that are they're using in their court cases now are documented, they're signed, they are under penalty of perjury, right? You're saying, I observed this, mm-hmm. this incident happened here, you know, I documented everything to the best of my abilities. And that is what is admissible in court. And that is the basis for what they're challenging about the election uh, process right. and laws here in California. Right. And without that under perjury of, or under penalty of penalty perjury, of say perjury. five times fast. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> The judges are throwing it out because they consider it hearsay. Exactly. exactly. If it is yeah. not, you know, specifically <clears throat> to a penalty of perjury. Yes. yes. And one of the things that they have on their website is the Golden State Agenda, California's legislative blueprint to destroy integrity of elections. And these are the kind of things that we need to get educated on. Because to be honest with you and my audience is, um, you know, after watching the blatant abuses you know when when you get exit polls that say 70 percent of the people voting for recall and then when we get the so-called actual vote it's 70 percent saying it's flipped it's completely flipped the other thing and even in this last 2022 election it was interesting that almost repetitively in many of the congressional districts the democrat got 65 percent and the Republican or other got 35%. Now it could have been 34, 36, 32, you know, whatever that combination, but it was always two to one. And then the other thing that if you watch across the country, 
that when there is a, a so-called close election, it's never won by the right. It's never won by the Republicans. It's always won by the left, even if they go have to go back and do a recount and a recount. And, and even if the right is leading during the recount, the magical number at the end is they lost by four votes or one vote or <laughs> 10 votes. Conveniently yeah, it's, pulled it's out of a hat. Convenient. And one of the things that uh, Kristen was curious about and asked about, which was the, the Kerry Lake situation. And Kerry Lake had mountains of data and information, but the courts threw it out because it wasn't signed under penalty of perjury. And so all of the data that they had accumulated wasn't in alignment with what courts would accept. Well, and I, I think there's plenty of shenanigans in the, you know, Carrie Lake case. But what I did talk, what ask Linda about, well, it, we've seen so many suits brought forth across the country in different states and jurisdictions and whatnot mm -hmm. since 2020 when <laughs> everyone went, oh, now wait a minute. You know, Linda actually spoke to how you can have a Republican ahead. When Let's just say any candidate ahead that's not the, you know, the so-called cho chosen one. Right. And slowly but surely, the other candidate uh, chips away at that lead. Mm -hmm. And post-election day ends yeah. up winning. I, and I wouldn't even use the word chips away because there's video evidence of where they so-called close the, the counting right you know the room that they're all counting it in in different counties and they so-called close it and then they send away all the observers i've seen this with my own eyes and then all of a sudden with no one there then two people all of a sudden come out of the rafters go to a closet and bring these massive boxes of ballots and start running them through the machine for counting and all of a sudden there will be a 300 thousand vote difference the night right. prior to that and the next morning first thing in the morning the next thing in the morning the come from behind democrat is now leading where when they closed the voting process they were down by 300,000 votes and so you know as a just a a plain observer and as i had mentioned in the first hour i went and checked to see if my vote was counted and it wasn't counted in this last election in this last election and and so originally i was supposed to get an email to myself that said we received it and counted it so then i went over to the county election and they said no i'm sorry we don't have any record of it and i'm like <laughs> well of course you don't because i know who i voted for so obviously <laughs> you don't and what surprised me is you know i thought that we as registered democrats we get preferential treatment i was gonna say you've got a d by your name yeah so you and should it, have a red carpet i i figured that no matter what i knew because i'm a registered democrat that my vote will go through well now that we know that they open the envelopes and fifteen thousand people touch it between when it's opened and when it's counted mm -hmm. Um, it, th there's no way that a independent vote that goes against the manipulated system that we are suffering under and those that are in power stay in power, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your vote is. And that's what needs to get changed because <laughs> it's, it's, 
you know, that's the reason why we brought these in election integrity project people on, uh, because it's the it's the it's chicken for, it's the chicken before the egg right we're chasing in circles it, the people that are in office mm -hmm. design the laws to benefit and prosper themselves and of course this is not just getting themselves reelected it's benefit and prosper in all facets and and the we the people are trying to get a claw in edgewise mm -hmm. and it's you know it's a it's a game of what comes first the yeah. laws or the the elections now one thing i'm i've got to throw into this because you know it the mix is not just the right versus the left republicans versus democrat and that's where the line is drawn as far as who's going to win a a, a corrupted election process because i clearly remember in the primary season prior to 2016, where they were determining whether it was going to be Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders. Mm. All right. So what Excellent was interesting? Choices both. Uh, what I okay. So I'm a Democrat. So I want to turn your mic off. Go ahead. <laughs> Convince me. All right. Convince so, me, Edward. No, Why so, are they good candidates? So here's here what was going on. It's not about good candidate. It was who was chosen candidate. So what was going on is Bernie was uh, winning primaries in other states and coming into California. Had he won California, the Democratic National Convention would have been, uh, you know, up for up for grabs, literally, because at that point neither candidate would have owned the, the you know, the selection. Yeah, exactly. So I was diligently involved with that and very much interested in in the process and bernie sanders in california was leading the exit polling he won and then magically the next day because that was back in the days when if they wanted to they could count all the votes in one night he lost and then because he lost that was pretty much the end of the who's going to be the primary yeah, winner california the big well, bully for the whole thing Right. Yeah. So, um, so I even see that this election corruption goes on inside the party. Now, I would say also on the on the Republican side because McConnell, who should have never won re-election in the last, well, you know, they get what eighteen thousand years automatically, <laughs> but he he was very close to getting not re-elected. I think it was back in approximately 16, maybe. Yeah, it would 20. have been four years, five years ago. <clears throat> but um, he he was losing in the runoff, uh, in, the, in the election, and then he magically won. And I always felt that that was, a, again, another example of manipulating the actual tallies. And it's kind of disappointing. So the only way that we can, as, as individuals, regardless of party, regardless of party, to feel that our votes matter, that our votes are counted, and that the will of the people is not being subjected to a very usurped. small group of people, right? Usurped is a good answer. But, you know, there's not that many people in, in Sacramento. We, I think we talked a hour a that's week ago. That's next week, my friend. Oh, that's next, next week? Next week, I've heard yes. so much of it from you. I thought it was last week. Um, <laughs> My words carry so much weight. About the number of uh, representatives, uh, how much they represent. Yeah, right? one state senator representing a million people here in California. 
Well, we only have what, what, we, yeah, and yeah, and so forth. So anyway, so that's I, a little teaser for next week. We are going to address that. Yeah, okay, and are we ever going to get past this? You, you, and your po- politics. I want to talk interesting science and facts. And, that was last week with we, the Arts and Sciences Institute people. Okay, we got so, in our arts and sciences. Yeah, now we're back to politics. No, no, no. We need no more. No, um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. You're listening to Business Sense Radio with Edward King and Kristen Hurley, and we will be right back. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. The ultimate summit for liberty and financial freedom hosted by Fox Business, Lisa Kennedy. Attend our global financial summit. Four days of investment advice, dozens of financial experts. Use promo code BIZ50 and save 50 bucks off. That's B-I-Z-5-0. Reserve your spot at freedomfest.com. See you in Memphis. Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, business writing, Outlook, and sexual harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at AllianceTrains.com. All right. Well, we're back, and our special guest is ourselves today. And um, because we really need to get a little bit of fresh air, what I want to do is I want to talk about something I saw in the news lo- recently. Now, this happened in my home state of Texas, and when I first heard it, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I think it was on the front page of a number of. I even saw it at NPR. And so, what happened was there was eighteen thousand dairy cows that. Got blown up. Oh, I just right. saw that. And it was in Dermot, uh, Texas, which is south of Amarillo, which is the panhandle, as they call it, and just north of Lubbock. So I've been in that area because, you know, I'm sorry. I'm a Texan. He, he owns half of Texas. I, I wish want everyone I owned, to know. <laughs> I wish I did. Um, even though the King Ranch is the largest ranch See? in the country. There you are. You're a secret. <clears throat> uh, anyways. Cattle boy. Yeah. How do you blow up 18,000 cows? All right. How does this happen? Let let me help you on that. So, (laughs) so what's very interesting is first off, you have to understand these were dairy cows. All right. So, it wasn't like a feedlot, it it was a a milking barn. Yeah. So, they were all 18,000 in the barn. Well, this, this particular location, this particular ranch is actually approved to have, I believe, 32,000 cows. All right. And I, I've got a lot more to talk about in terms of issues and sizes and stuff. But to answer your question of how it happened. So one of the things that is a byproduct and a sellable product of a dairy is manure. Right. And so Fertilizer? and then yes. you hear about global warming and all of that. And there's more global warming being caused by China and India than anything we could possibly do or undo here in the United States I'm so sick of hearing all that baloney. And um, so what happens is, you know, they're processing this. And and what's interesting about manure as it piles up is that it starts heating up. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that's just the natural fermentation and and processing. It's breaking down. And what they do is they turn it into fertilizer. And so they package it in big trucks and ship it off. Circle of life. So then there is the... 
equipment that what it does is it processes the methane, okay? And it allows them to process the manure. And apparently what happened was the the equipment caught on fire. And because, you know, you're working in a methane-rich environment, not so much like it would be coming out of the top of a petroleum where they have the natural gas burn-off that you might see if you go by a processing plant. And and that caught on fire, and it, it literally lit the methane gas and caused a huge explosion. And the the location of the dairy cows was in that area with only one person. Fortunately, one person was caught in, in the area. She survived. Uh, they took her, you know, they took her right to the hospital and she's recovering at this point, but none of the other employees that were working there. And obviously at 35, 32, 35,000 potential dairy cows, that's, that's a big, it's a lot of milk, big dairy. And so I have some more facts about it. Um, that I wanted to cover before we get in, because, you know, you want to talk politics and you've got all these A, B, thises and that's. And I thought we would, you know, proceed Break that, proceed that with <laughs> manure, with manure, with exploded cows, <laughs> with manure. <laughs> so, so it's on the same also subject Also coming out of Sacramento. <laughs> well, I that, see the parallels here. Yeah. So this is, okay. So, if, so, so let, couldn't we get 18,000 politicians in a dairy barn and no, some I'm, methane? Yeah, the one good thing is I am opposed to violence. <laughs> um, otherwise, I'd be a member of Antifa or BLM. So there mm-hmm. you are. So moving on. So, you know, dairy farms, really, they come in a whole wide range uh, of sizes. You know, the largest can have over 15,000, which obviously this is one of the larger ones. But there's like four or 500 of these larger ones. But most most farms at the moment are about one to 5,000 cows. And a lot of the ones that are more localized, uh, you, you've got a number of um, uh, organic dairies that are, are north of San Francisco, along the coast, Fort Bragg. All of that area is really very nice for organic happy cows come from california you ever seen that well that's an ad, ad campaign that doesn't mean from... that they are but the, the <laughs> california happens to be the biggest dairy producer here in in the united states so you know the reason why i wanted to bring this up is you know we think that there are eighteen thousand is a lot and it is as an individual uh, farm but there's 9.4 million production dairy cattle in, in cows in the United States. Wow. So 18,000 seems like a very, very small portion of it. Obviously, it is. But the thing that I've been concerned about, in, in July of last year, uh, we did a whole special on the problem about food processing plant fires, explosions, and closures. And at that point, there was like 97, and we're talking major, major food processing and it all kind of kicked Chicken off farms. when the Taylor farm in Salinas, um, brand right. new plant hadn't even gotten rolling yet caught on fire in the final preparation. And then I believe this past week, the Taylor farm is announcing the fact that it's back up and running now. And I'm very happy for them that they've um, pulled it off. It's, it's always a challenge. You know, what can you recover and what needs to be replaced and restored? So, but I wanted to give you some numbers in regards to that's a terrible 18,000. But if you think about chickens, which is another major food source for eggs and and meat, 
Here's some numbers that kind of give you an idea. There was a fire in a forest man uh, facility in Minnesota um, back in the middle of May of 22. Three million chickens cooked were destroyed in that. Um, in 2022, just during the year, I can highlight there was one that was 5 million in Iowa destroyed. Um, million seven, million eight. There was a total of forty million six hundred thousand plus chickens, chickens lost from production in twenty twenty two. Okay, so so losing, how many how many millions of chickens were lost in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty? Going back, so is this my question? Is is this a regular yearly occurrence where? Chicken farms and blow up, and we lose forty million chickens a year. Okay, just so chicken casualties. What? So depending on if you're looking at the facts, which I'd like to, and I'm yeah. genuinely asking year <coughs> over so year. I could take you back to my July show, and here is the deal: starting in the middle, early part of March and June of 2021, that is when the unusual repetitive occurrences started to occur. And I, I didn't want to dig up that show again, but <clears throat> here's an example. This is kind of like answering the thing. So before I forget, though, here's some good numbers. So in terms of chickens, we eat in a year 8 billion chickens. In, in the year. U.S.? In one year. Or in the, in, the planet? In, in one year. Okay, but co country or planet? United States. Oh, okay. Yeah, just the U.S. That's what I was asking. Eight billion. We consume 21.9 million per day. Wow. So when we hear these numbers that I shared both about the cattle and the chickens, yeah. 18,000 sounds a lot. But in reality, we process, and we all know what that means, 39 million cows a year. In the United States, these are only wow, only the United States, yeah, for for food and consumption. All right, so that gives you an idea, and and then just for you non farmers, non cattle people, we normally take the female calves and put them in dairy herds, and then what you see out in the fields that is you know cattle, those are steer, which is boys that have gone through the transition, and then bulls. And the bulls you don't want to mess with because they are not really pleasant pleasant animals to be around. It makes so, for excellent sport, though. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the problems about the food shortages that we're going to be facing in the future, starting now and moving forward, and what occurred. Because it, it takes you back to 2021. That's the reason why I brought this up. So the beef industry is now whittled down to only four processors. In the whole country? In the United States. Now, there might be some independent little guys that mm -hmm. are around here and there. And if you are listening and watching, you're going to be seeing like there's a company called like Good Ranchers. There's another one like Agridime. And what these people are doing is these are regional local groups where the, the cattle men and families are tired of working with these four major producers mm -hmm. because they don't feel like that their beef is getting the right amount of money, right? So you can buy independent food now and you can do it on the internet. You can have automatic shipment and all of that kind of stuff. And I would suggest that you really seriously look about that. 
Another thing that I would say is this grass-fed beef, which uh, is all the rage, um, isn't necessarily as good tasting as grain-fed beef. The marbling is different. The um, taste and flavor of it is different. I know um, in many respects, and it's kind of a laugh with us country folk, that you know how everybody loves kale, eat kale, right? They pretend to love It's awful kale. stuff. Well, That's we, what I mean. We used to feed you it. You virtue <laughs> signal that you like your kale, but deep down inside, it's unedible. Well, we used to feed it to cattle. I mean, you, that that was not something that humans ate. It's, it's like a tree. <clears throat> it's almost like soy lent green in that movie from nineteen seventy three. So, pork is another area that is all managed by the four large conglomerates that control the majority of the meat market. And it's beef, poultry, and, and pork. Big beef, big and, pork, big and, chicken. Yeah, right. And then this avian flu that they're talking about, you know, don't forget what, what, what 8 billion chickens is what we consume. And in um, 2022, we lost 52 million chickens to the avian flu. And in one farm in Iowa, they lost 5.3 million. Now, that's a serious number, but it's not so overwhelming that they should turn around and say double the price of chickens. Yeah. So uh, that's all I got to say. The other area is, you know, we're, we're talking about shortages of dairy. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to Safeway or Whole Foods and like there's no milk in the, in the refrigeration system. And eggs, have we heard about shortages of eggs? It's a third world experience we're having. <laughs> oftentimes I agree. it is. Oftentimes Starting it is. with the toilet paper in the in 2020. <laughs> right. So Okay, anyway, but my question though, yeah. no, but just reality check though. Mm -hmm. you, we've all just been forced to start paying attention to these types of things. And I am curious though, do we lose 40 million chickens a year on a regular basis? Oh, I was going to answer that question. Yeah, so, like from so time immemorial. I talked, when I talked about the food processing thing that really yes. got started in early 2021, yes, you, that really was ramping up. Now, when I would talk to people in the industry, they're saying, well, you know, a lot of these kind of accidents can happen. And it was just circumstantial that it was a 300% increase in the number of plants blowing up just right. mysteriously. And, you know, there's always been industrial accidents in, in all industries, whether it's coal mining or whether it was in silos. We've often heard about, you know, corn silos in the Midwest and yeah. Iowa and stuff like that catching fire and blowing up or people falling into it. And that's definite death. But there has been an increase. But the big increase that I'm concerned about is the fact that the control of our food supply has been whittled down to these four processors, especially on the meat side. <clears throat> and one of them that I'm aware of, and maybe even two in the area of chickens and eggs and turkeys is owned by the Chinese. Well, I was not going to bring that up, Edward, but I just did. <laughs> since you opened that door, well, that's a genuine, gen, well, and Bill Gates too, not to get speculative here, mm -hmm. right? But what does he, he know about cattle? Nothing. <laughs> um, well, he's going to put some mRNA vaccines into the cattle and see what happens. Did you see that article recently? Yeah, no, that's been all over the place. Yeah. 
And I, I just, I'm just saying, you know, and you're right. Accidents happen. Life is tough. Things but it has gotten worse. That's but it's why getting worse. It and we mm-hmm. have to reality check. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you buy a new car, right? And all of a sudden you see that same very type of car all over the streets uh-huh. just because it's become in your, you know, in your cognitive bias. Your awareness. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I like to sanity check, you know, just because I only just started participating in the world mm-hmm. on this level mm-hmm. and asking questions in the last several years, you know, it's like, well, was this always, was this always the way? And I think I've said that, like, the more you read history, the more you have like, yeah, it's been bedlam since the get-go. Yeah. Humans, you know, humans are a total disaster on the whole and mm-hmm. nothing's ever been easy or simple or clear cut. Mm-hmm. So that actually, it kind of relieves one's mind that, you know, we've always struggled over civilizations, obviously, yeah. over the millennia. But, you know, more acutely, more specifically, are the phenomenon we're seeing today, and it's not just cows blowing up in the dairies. There's mm-hmm. an enormous fire in, I think it's Indiana, East Indiana, a recycling plant that's been burning for days and days and days. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have train crashes right and left. We covered that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, the suspicious stuff that's happening mm-hmm. is really lending itself towards uh, just this very particular time in, in history that we're living in. Yeah, I know I was talking to a, a scientist about um, the weather patterns that we've been seeing because, you know, there was a period of about a week or two, maybe two, three weeks ago, where these enormous size hails were hitting Saudi Arabia and, uh, you know, the deserts. Yes, and they were having massive floods going on. And I wasn't trying to say end of the world. I wasn't trying to say climate (laughs) change or anything When hail falls in Saudi Arabia, look out. Yeah. (laughs) Cold day in hell, and there it was. (laughs) We've been waiting for that all this time. Okay, pigs are going to start flying any day now. Yeah. Along with the big Chinese balloons. Sad. So anyway, so I I think we've had enough about cows and and things like that. So we need to move on to your activism. Um, And you do bring up some really good points here. And just as a final reminder, please check eip-ca.com. That's the Election Integrity Project of California. And, you know, it's... Its goal is representative of both American Democrats and American Republicans because having an election and being able to count on your vote that you cast is paramount in terms of defending and protecting America for your children and your grandchildren. And at this point, even our own sanity because we have seen in the last two and a half years since this last um, um, election how quickly we can unwind America. And, you know, if you take a look at the four things that predict the end of a civilian civilizations like Rome and many of the other, you, you know, the British empire and so on and so forth, we're, we're kind of in the last moments if we don't turn this thing around. And you being, you know, one side of the political aisle, me being on the other side of the political aisle, we are both concerned about the future of America. And, and the reason why I bring it up so many times is because I need 
Democrats to recognize that they need to defend their country. I remember Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan. And they are different parties, but they navigated their way through eight years and successfully defended the Democrat Party and the Republican Party, but they defended it by working together. And we don't have that anymore. We have more of a unity party running this world. And the unity party is concerned about one thing, it's power. It's staying in power and making bazillions and bazillions of personal dollars. Like, you know, the money they're sending Ukraine, there's kickbacks coming across right back to our American political individuals. And, you know, we're, and Zelensky himself. And we're being, we're being raped economically by our own parties, both sides. You know, McConnell is just as tied to the Chinese Communist Party as, yeah. as Pelosi and the Bidens. So tell us about some of these AB things that you really are concerned about. Well, it's not just me. And I think we talked about last hour with our guest, Linda Payne from Elections Integrity Project. Yeah. The It's the laws in California that are bringing, bringing us to our knees. And <laughs> the last several years, I have been just silenced and just, you know, gut-wrenched for lack mm -hmm. of a better term mm -hmm. over what Sacramento is passing and how they are changing the landscape of California. Mm. Uh, and we have to keep our eye on them. And everyone, and to what you were saying a minute ago, I think people are either, because it's gotten so dire, yeah. are either further totally checked out, or mm -hmm. as we say, activated, so mm -hmm. yours truly here. And I hate that word. It's, but it's, it's our duty to self-govern, as Linda was talking about. So yeah. we have to pay attention to what's going on in Sacramento. They pass thousands of laws every year. There was a win though. So I'm gonna start out with a little win. And I and this is purely informational for everyone to, to pay attention to Sacramento. It's legislation season. So AB 659, which was the APV, sorry, HPV vaccine bill, right? Last year we had all of the COVID vaccine mandates they were trying to push through. This year, um, everyone's gotten up in arms about the HPV vaccine was going to be required for every child in California, mandated. Um, people were up in arms against this, for, and I'm not going to go into the details, but I think it just speaks to more big government deciding what is going in your body, and you don't have a say what's going in your kids' bodies. You don't have a say. This is on that vein. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it could be, you know, it could be you have to inject saline into your body in order to go to school or in order to X, Y, Z in California. I don't, I don't want, you know, yeah. I don't want anything in my body that the state of California says I have to. So at any rate. Yeah, but the, you know, the COVID virus shots and the 16 boosters, they're fabulous. Oh, they don't hurt a soul. No, uh, everybody lives It makes you feel better to get them, actually. And, and you never get sick. Okay, I'm trying to have some good news here. Let me get back to my good news. So people fought back. We're learning how to do it. We're learning how to call up our legislators and say, uh-uh, no, no, you don't. So this bill was amended, and then it was just amended again because of public pushback. Hmm. Uh, it was originally amended to say that, okay, we'll find HPV vaccine is not required for K through 12, but it would be required in California universities. Oh, that's 
Yes. And then just the other day, the update is now that the mandate was removed for everyone, California. Mm. So to me, it's like, well, what's the point anymore? The bill still exists. It still says that it's going to strongly recommend the HPV vaccine for everyone Mm -hmm. um, in California, but it will no longer be required for school or college entry. And um, it's the the exact language is expected, but not required. Mm -hmm. So that is a win. So that's your win. So can I add to that as another possible win? I think we should have an AB, I don't know, let's call it 911. (laughs) And I think we should make it requirement for anybody to go to college to be able to read, to write, and to do basic math. That is racist, Edward. That is not racist. So racist of you to say that. No, because if you think about it, regardless of, because it's definitely not race, because drug dealers need to be able to count their profits, so they need math skills. All right, moving on. <laughs> so, I'm just going to OD on fentanyl. Yeah. So besides that one, which well, I want sounds to, yeah. like a good deal. But what What are some of the other ones? The one that I saw in your your write up for uh, was the parents may soon effectively lose custody of kids twelve and older. What is that about? And that's called the AB six six five. Yeah, AB six six five. Go for it. Again, how many how many people actually know what's going on in Sacramento? Yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> that's why Kristen gets up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually, this morning, heard that Washington State Legislature passed a bill very similar to this, where a child 12 years old and up can check themselves in or, excuse me, another adult for them, like a, chi- a school therapist or whatever. Okay, not um, a par- non-parent. Non-parent yeah. can remove custody, and I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase and go look this up for yourself. It's the same just as this bill um, can remove the child from the home and remove any sort of parental control over that child, specifically having to do with gender transitioning mm-hmm. or abortion. Right? You have a 14 year old daughter in your home and she's pregnant, and the parents feel one way about it, the the state can pull that kid out. The parents lose any control over the child. They give the child the abortion, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so California Family Council has uh, written extensively about these types of bills. Um, this would, quote, allow children as young as 12, this is here in California, yeah. to consent to being placed into state-funded group homes without parental permission or knowledge. Mm -hmm. As long as a mental health professional, and that is a quote unquote around that, signs off on it, the kids can go to such a group home and it doesn't matter what their parents think. So this bill gives a stranger, right? School psychologist power to decide whether a sixth or seventh grader comes home from school that day or doesn't come home from school that day. Mm -hmm. And the parents- So this is- in addition to the gender, you know, abuse that we see where parents can escape other states and then come under the jurisdiction of the California judicial system. Be protected legally. <laughs> right. And so the word is slippery slope. So in essence, what's happening, as you're pointing out clearly, that 
right now, the court system, the state of California, the mental health institution that's worked so well for homeless across the state of California, that's the reason why they're out there because they have mental health issues, right? And they're not being treated. But we're now going to take control of your 12-year-olds because we're so good at treating people. So if it's gender dysphoria, if it's not mental health, and it's blocked at 12, what's to say they're not going to be able to do this at eight in a year sure. from now or four exactly. from a year Exactly, when now. your kindergartner is <clears throat> like, I feel like a boy today. Or birth. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know that the Hillary Clinton camp many, many years ago was all for it takes a village to rise, raise the children. And so in essence, even back then, they were wanting to take parental rights away from parents. So what else is on this? Well, and slip, no, what else is on the slippery slope, you might ask? Okay, so listen to this. Also in Sacramento, this is Assembly Bill 1314. Now, this bill uh, was co-authored by um, two Republicans in the Assembly, would provide that a parent or guardian has the right to be notified in writing within three days from any any date that any teacher, counselor, or employee of a school becomes aware that a pupil is identifying at school as a gender that does not align with the child's sex on their birth certificate, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Translation, schools would be required to inform the parents if their child is masquerading at school as something other, right? Yeah. You'd think that would be, um, not we true. wouldn't have to write a law about that, but we do. However, this bill was denied a hearing in the assembly committee. So the sickos in the rest of the assembly said, oh no, these evil Republicans can't write this law that says that schools have to require, they have to notify parents. Um, And they said, well, we're going to block the hearing on this bill. Now, what happens in the committee hearings, right? Mm -hmm. With the life of a bill is they get proposed, they get assigned to certain committees where they are heard, the pros and the cons and the public. This is the key, Edward. The public has a chance to weigh in during these committee hearings. Mm-hmm. You can go and and bring in expert witnesses to say this right. law would cause harm X, Y, Z. So they're like, well, we don't even really want to hear it from you peons about this law. Mm-hmm. And we're not even going to hold a, a committee hearing um, to hear the pros and cons on this. So there's more details. I, I, I was getting this out of the California Globe, which is one of my favorite um, news outlets to read about what's going on in Sacramento. This is Assemblyman, uh, I'm gonna see if I can pronounce his name, uh, Murasuchi, sorry, um, is the one that's withholding the committee hearing from this bill. And um, all sorts of well, ramifications. Well, but uh, but uh, what I'm saying is, yeah. In Sacramento, they are bold enough to be like, yeah, we don't even need to hear from the public about this. Well, well, I understand because in essence, we can't have parents have parent rights because the reality is it's increasingly causing hateful rhetoric targeting our LGBTQRST people. Um, no, I'm serious. You know, there's, there's this microchism of a group that has such a bold and loud voice in Sacramento and every other political system, including New York Times and Washington Post and all of that, that everything is being skewed in that ter- 
that direction. And there can never be any rational thought that stands up and said, men are men and women are women, or 12-year-olds don't have the rights to make parental decisions. Am I off base? I think I'm right on it. I think you are. And that and their argument here, this guy's excuse, the uh, Al Murasuchi out of Torrance, um, mm-hmm. you know, refusing this bill to be heard in committee, um, he says it would be, quote, bad policy due to it outing students and that such conversations between students and parents should be private. Does a child at age, let's just say 11, 12, 13, whatever, I, what, saying that there's, oh, it's privacy issues mm-hmm. and well, they're trying twisting to keep it, it, right. There's privacy from the parents. Exactly. Not with the parents. Yeah. I just, the, the way that they <laughs> twist the concepts yeah. to make you think that it sounds reasonable and, oh, well, they're very, very rational about this. And of course, privacy issues. Yeah. Every child uh, do, you know, medical privacy. So because we're running out of time, amazingly, we still have four minutes, but we still have a commercial break. I want to recap this so that people that are listening audience don't miss out any of these things. So the very first one that they need to look up check out is AB665. And that is the one that you were just talking about, losing custody to mental health so-called professionals. Right. At 12 Uh, years old. At 12 years old. Can decide to check themselves into a a state group home, effectively removing custody from from the parents. Right. Once you're in the state system, boy, I'm not going to give it back. And, And I think the... You know, there's always been for years and years and years, and what is it, the social workers and child, what is, what are those things that take children? Child protective services. Child protective services. You know, because unfortunately, because of the the amount of fentanyl and drugs and all of those terrible things that are destroying our, our culture, destroying our communities, you know, there are many, many parents, I don't know how many, many is, but there are a lot of parents that are just messed up. And <clears throat> so, you know, Child Protective Services, in its best view, was designed to help children, defend children from bad families, bad situations at home. But what we're talking yeah, about... Yeah, how, how does one define that? That is a tough one to define. Right, and and so we're always trying to deal with that razor edge of the right and the wrong mm-hmm. on that. But what these new laws, and this is the reason why I'm bringing it up, is there's no defined razor edge on this. They're just being able to create a situation where at the the whims of 12-year-olds who can go into their, you know, counselor and just say whatever, you know, I'm, I want to be a boy, like I want to be a girl. I, exactly. And we all know that there's hormonal changes that occur in girls at a certain age, boys at a certain age, and and those are very confusing times. And they have been confusing times forever and ever and ever. But it's never been translated into let's cut the breast off and so on and so forth. And remove the child from its home. When the right. parent if the parents don't affirm the child's whim of the day, then those parents are being equated in what you're saying legally mm-hmm. with the parents that 
are drug addicted or there is actual physical abuse in the home, Mm -hmm. which may, of course, that's still under argument about whether it's right to remove a child, you know, the do the circumstances or whatever. It is really tough to take a child out in life and foster care and in the state system is, is, may not be any better, honestly, in some respects. But they're saying you could have, you know, the king and queen of parents at home Mm -hmm. and they think it's, they're not going to go and take their child for gender affirming surgery at age 12. Well, then the child, you know, can just say, well, I'm out of here. And the state supports that. Right. I, I might, I, I tell this to my kids all the time. I was a total tomboy, total tomboy. I had boyfriends. They were my, you know, I hung out with Buddies. guys. Mm-hmm. I had short hair. I totally went through a phase right around that time, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, where I didn't want anything to do with looking cute or being girly. Mm-hmm. And had someone said to me back then, oh, well, then clearly this means that you must be a boy inside. Yeah. I, how easy it would be. And look at me now. <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> no, no, you you raise Still children. Still not too girly, but I love being a woman. Yes, and and rightfully you should. So <laughs> we're going to have a commercial break after our end of our show here. Um, you've been listening to Business Sense Radio, and we'll be right back. Well, actually, Edward, we've got to wrap it up right now. So you'll be right back next week, right? Hey, that's excellent. And then, Kristen, thank you for another excellent one-hour Hour I could two. go. I could go. Keep going. Yes, and we both can. Mark, thank you very much for wrapping us up. We look forward to next week. It's been a wonderful week. All right. Thank you so much, Edward King and Kristen Hurley. And folks, you've been listening to Issues That Matter. You can contact Edward and Kristen through our website, bcrradio.com, and be sure to join us again next week at this same time on this station for another edition of Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley. The preceding was a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. The ultimate summit for liberty and financial freedom hosted by Fox Business, Lisa Kennedy. Attend our global financial summit. Four days of investment advice, dozens of financial experts. Use promo code BIZ50 and save 50 bucks off. That's B-I-Z-5-0. Reserve your spot at freedomfest.com. See you in Memphis. Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, Business Writing, Outlook, and Sexual Harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at AllianceTrains.com.